Turn down for what? You heard me. Turn down for this podcast? No. No, not turn down no. for this podcast? <laughs> oh, come on. No, it's too lame. <laughs> too lame? You can't, get, you can't turn down for a podcast. Yes, we can. No, you can't. A no-deal Brexit looms, effects on anti-immigration, on the agricultural industry, and Walmart stops selling guns. All that and more on today's episode of Drawing the Line. So, we talk our first today about Brexit. Brexit has been in the news over the course of many years, ever since 2016, when the UK decided it's going to leave the EU. And many Americans feel great, hopefully feel good admiration for their, their UK overlords in wow. the <laughs> early 1700s. That's harsh. That's not, it's not harsh. It's, it's historically accurate. Um, but, but hey, we're... we're obsessed with the royals and all that all that british stuff That's so true. let's eat, not pretend americans eat british stuff up man oh they do and british eat american stuff up too like, let's... Yeah, i guess it goes both ways i mean i've been to london it's basically a flatter new york city oh nice yeah so it's nothing that that's a little grayer and might have a drinking problem <laughs> great <laughs> that's that's how i would that's how i would define london touristy touristy so, again, the E, not the EU, the UK has decided to leave the EU back in 2016 under Theresa May. She has, re- she has stepped down, and Boris Johnson has taken over the prime ministership. And he has pushed the idea of potentially having a no-deal Brexit. So, if, if many of you are confused and have not been keeping up with your Brexit news, then I'm here to educate you. I'll give you a quick a quick summary before we go into the important story that happened today. So the UK voted to leave Brexit, leave the EU back in 2016. They're supposed to have left by March 29th. Obviously, that date has passed, and they haven't really left. So that's not happening. Oh. So Johnson stated that there will be a essentially he, he is drawing the line. Wow, you like that? We finally used our name. He's drawing Amazing. a line on October 31st of this year, deal or no deal. So there's two main parties, the Labour Party and the Conservative Party. And those who voted to leave basically say that the EU is anti-democratic, essentially. And there's some legitimate concern behind this. The EU, in my opinion, I mean, the EU has just gotten so big and tried to create this almost homogeneous block of countries that actually have long histories and may not actually care for each other, that it's starting to eat itself from within. The EU has, I mean, pushed down many regulations and lots of UK citizens feel like why should they be answering to a almost foreign government in Brussels that they have no real shared identity with, I think is one of the one of the biggest ones. And a lot of the kind of anti-Brexit usually like to spin this in, oh, well, well, they'll spin it and basically say, oh, the people that are for Brexit, you know, they're just anti-immigration and they're racist and they just don't want immigrants coming into their country. That is a legitimate concern, but it's also the concern that they should have control over their own borders as to who comes into their country. I think if we're going to go the route of like more like it's weird that we have to call nation rights, and I'm saying nation rights like states' rights, 
Yeah, it's weird true. that I have to say it like that. But nation rights, in order to control who comes in and out of their country, I think nations well, yeah, should have that right, and it shouldn't be crammed down by the EU. And there's a perfect example of this. So Northern Ireland has an open border with the UK, and that is enshrined in the EU law, essentially. And the EU has said that they will not make a deal with the UK as long as Northern Ireland doesn't have an open border. Because if the UK leaves, that means the UK is a separate nation from Northern Ireland and the border would have to close. There's two separate nations. Oh, yeah. So it seems incredibly anti-democratic that the EU is saying you, you can't leave unless you have this deal. That, that seems a little anti, anti-democratic, that you're basically forcing down a policy on people that have voted to leave and that would like to leave. So it seems, it seems a little anti-democratic. And, of course, the people that would like to stay with the EU cite more globalist frequencies, um, more pro, pro-immigration, pro-the EU, think really, I think, somewhat delusional that all of Europe can just get along. It, there seems to me that there's some bad blood, a recent bad blood in history that kind of shows us that they, they can't and they really don't. And sometimes it's better that oh, way. Oh, they're trying. They try yeah. their best. They try their best. But I think the EU has gotten so big and tried to enforce such a homogeneous block, I'm going to keep using that word, that countries are starting to rebel against it. They don't want to be a part of this. They identify with their with their neighbors and their people in their country. The they don't identify the Spanish aren't identifying with the French. I mean, I I don't I really don't think they are. Maybe some people are, but I, I don't think when it, I don't think they are. So what happened today was essentially Boris Johnson was pushing this idea that we could have essentially a no deal Brexit. And of course, lots of lots of politicians in their in the UK government have been kind of against having really against Brexit and having a no deal, which is which, which leaves you in a really bad position, right? Because if, you, if you're if you trying to have a job, let's say you go to an employer and you go and you say to your employer, no matter what, I'm going to walk away with this with a deal. Then your employer can just lowball you. The employer can do whatever they want to you. If you're not willing to walk away, then you've got no bargaining power. All the bargaining power is in your employer's hands. And it's the same thing with the EU. That's true. If the UK is not actually willing to leave, then all the powers in the EU. And you'll be damned if the EU isn't going to try and punish you for leaving. So what happened today is the conservative party has actually lost ground and lost a vote which would enable a no-deal Brexit. A couple guys actually defected over. There's been some swings in the parties. So Boris Johnson does not command a majority of parliament anymore Uh-oh. so what he's essentially essentially done is called for a snap election to try and uh, probably to just try and get some of these people out and we'll i mean we'll monitor we'll monitor this situation closely but there's basically three outcomes one you could have kind of a soft deal and everyone could get along the uk could negotiate with northern ireland they could negotiate with the eu i don't think that's going to happen i don't think the eu is actually willing for that to happen they on a lot of levels, I think that they actually want to make an example of the UK because they don't want anybody else leaving, right? They don't want other countries thinking, oh, well, Britain left. 
It's and, probable, yeah. And a lot of people think that, oh, well, our economy is going to tank if we leave the EU. Well, let's be honest. Like, the EU basically does 80% of its financial dealing with the UK. Let's, oh, the economy is wow. going to take a downturn, don't, don't get me wrong, but the UK is a powerhouse, a financial powerhouse. London is a banking powerhouse. Sure. Let's not pretend that the UK doesn't control significant leeway when it comes to financial markets in Europe. So I think the EU is kind of, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking of the, I'm not thinking of the word, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking of the word actually. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a really simple word. They're not expecting it. Underestimating. That was my word. Uh, wow. Underestimating is a super simple word that I couldn't think of. Underestimating. Hey, it just took you a couple seconds. It's all good. Yeah, it took me a couple seconds to think of underestimating. Ugh. And this is this is come. There's been some bad bad blood because back in February, the European Union leader Donald Tusk basically said that he wondered. What special place in hell awaited those who advocated Brexit without a clear plan? So there's there seems to be some malicious intent on the on the EU on the EU side. So what could happen second is you could have a hard split in which there really is not much of an agreement and they go to hard borders. Um that, that's looking like a possibility. And there could be a no deal. So we're not entirely sure what's gonna happen. Things are going to have to come to fruition here in the next couple of months as the deadline of October 31st approaches. So it'll be it'll be really really interesting to see what exactly happens because this is a big testament to politicians because the EU voted to get out and if politicians are not willing to get out then they're essentially not abiding by what they were elected to do. If the yeah, if the country votes sometimes. to get out, then the politicians should sometimes they'll have to put away their own personal animosities and actually enable and enact the plan that the people wanted because that's what a democracy seems to be. Uh, yeah, but does it always work that way? No. Do politicians right, go back not, on their word a lot? Kind of. Right, and I think hopefully they'll get voted out. Which I think is what Boris Johnson's hoping for, to be honest. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of politicians that I think clearly don't want Brexit to happen, even though the country voted for it. I think there's a lot of politicians like that in in their parliament. Sure. That that would love to see the Britain stay in the EU. I'm sure they'd love it, but that's not the will of their people. So well, hopefully, it's I up, hope it's up to the people to, you know, like you know, make get, make get the, the election out of there. make the election happen and get people out of there that, that don't represent them. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a, a very legitimate case, and I think that I have a lot of sympathy for call it nationalism or patriotism on the UK side. I have a lot of sympathy for those people. I understand why they wouldn't want to be dictated by a bunch of unelected guys in Brussels cramming down policies on the entirety of the EU. Well, yeah, I completely it's just understand it. A, a super government. Yeah. Regulating all the other normal governments. Yeah, I don't think it's fair at all. Yeah. So states' rights, nations' rights. Nations' rights. Which is weird to talk about. That's right. Break break free Britain. Break free. Or something. And maybe other countries. Well, will. do do whatever the hell you want to do. It's your country. It's true. It is it is their country. But I think the problem is some of the other countries are probably thinking this might not be a bad idea. Well, I guess it all depends on how it how it folds out unfolds and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, because I know I know Germany's tired of bailing people out. 
So, I mean, let's <laughs> be like, honest right now. Hey, we're done contributing to the the national, the not even national, continental fund. The continental fund, yeah, because they were bailing out Greece. Yeah. Right. So, they got to be they got to be a little tired of doing that. Leave us and our schnitzels alone. Leave our schnitzels alone. <laughs> we'll stop giving you schnitzels. All right, <laughs> move, moving on from that. Yeah, hold on, hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, for, are we hold for Halloween. I'm talking about Brexit. Oh but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's to wrap true, it up, true. just keep keep posted. And we'll we'll let you know what else happens. And I yeah, and even more reason to look forward to Halloween now. You want to dress up as Boris Johnson? N- no. It's basically you dress up like Donald Trump, but it's, instead of like the orange hair, it's just white. I know. Not <laughs> it's very really, creative. <laughs> it's it's really the same thing. Nice. Um, all right, yeah, so moving on from that, uh, this is an older story, so this came out back in June, um, early June, and it's from the Pacific Standard, written by Stian Rice, um, and it's about the effects of anti-immigration, um, and this was, this came out a few months ago, and since then, I mean, you know, we've seen it in the news all the time, it just seems that immigration enforcement has gone up a lot. A lot more deportations are happening. So the effects talked about in this article are definitely still going to be prevalent and are going to be increasing as we go on. So this is not really looking at what's happening with the uh, undocumented immigrants that are being deported out of the country. This is looking at the effect of this, this basically this uh, void that's being left by uh, by these people leaving the country. So I'm going to start with a quote from the article because it sums it up very well. Um, As current anti-immigrant immigrant policies diminish the supply of migrant workers, both documented and undocumented, farmers are not able to find the labor they need. So in states such as Arizona, Idaho, and Washington that grow labor-intensive crops like onions, apples, and tomatoes, Prison systems have responded by leasing convicts to growers desperate for workers. So essentially, the state penitentiary systems are leasing out as in, you know, we're going to get paid to give you our prisoners to work on your farm. Right. Then that is constitutional. Well, so that's the thing is convict leasing became first really became popular after the Civil War due to the need of affordable labor during Reconstruction. Because the whole Reconstruction phase after the Civil War, there was a ton of infrastructure that needed to be reinstated, and it was hard to find affordable labor for it. Uh, the only problem is, is that back then, right after the Civil War, of course, many states used the Jim Crow laws, the Black Codes, to uh, and other laws like that to abuse this ability. And an example of this is the Vagrancy Law, which essentially anyone could go up to a black person and ask for written proof that they have a job or they are fined. And if they can't pay the fine, then the person that ratted them out uh, is allowed to have them in their employment until they can pay off the fine. So examples like that, essentially loopholes that kept newly freed slaves in a certain form of slavery, right? So people had were abusing this ability and people were using any excuse they could to make people work for free again so that's why convict leasing actually was banned from the 1930s to the 1970s but let's let's make clear that that is that form that you're talking about is unconstitutional well that's what i'm saying right, right. It, it's, like, it's, it's originally, definitely unconstitutional originally it was used like just you know 
as, as it wasn't unconstitutional at first, but people abused it to the point that it got banned and it, it got removed and it was not allowed and it was illegal. So, but having having convicts work for free is constitutional. Let's make let's let's like let's make that clear because yeah. that's in the Thirteenth Amendment. Sure. Right. Yeah, but I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying the reason that it got banned in the 1930s. And that they well, put no, it a, hasn't they put been a, banned because no, they, it's the Constitution. They, but they put a law against convict leasing right, so, in the 1930s. What, what supersedes laws? The Constitution. The Constitution. So it's not it's not banned. It might have been. A, I think it was state laws. I think that's why they that's how they did it. So states states can enact laws. So take take for example marijuana. Right. So if you have Colorado and a bunch of these other states that have legalized marijuana and you can buy marijuana in their states, which people do. It's still against the Constitution. So the federal government can come in whenever they want and take everything. And that's why banks won't deal credit to them. And this has happened in – historically, this has happened in Texas, essentially. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember specifically what they did, but they went against – they uh, enacted a law that was against the Constitution, and the United States government deployed the army, essentially. So even if you ban convict leasing, it's still in – the constitution okay regardless so, so you can little, ban it you can a, ban it so what i'm trying to say a little is, bit of a tangent no 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 it's relevant because you can ban it in the law but there's the constitution and that supersedes the law so it's not okay. actually banned essentially is what i'm saying if okay. you hope hopefully fingers crossed i'm more of a constitutionalist so this is kind of my take sure. if you brought it to the supreme court i would hope that the supreme court would ban the law because it's against the constitution okay. This is just a little brief historical summary. So we don't need to get into the technicalities, but essentially from the 1930s to the 1970s, the whole concept of convict leasing kind of went away. Yeah, right? makes sense. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, we don't I'd have agree to, with we that. Don't have to argue about laws and all this other stuff. I would agree but with that, that. That's essentially what happened. Um, but in the 1970s, uh, restrictions, at least state restrictions, became a little more slack, and it slowly became more popular until uh, current day. So currently, state prison systems are making millions through prison labor, uh, which essentially is starting to cover the cost of incarceration and victim restitution programs. Uh, and then, however, like this sounds like a, a good thing, right? Like we want prison, we don't want to have taxpayer dollars paying for our prisons, right? Like it kind of makes sense of the people that are imprisoned are working to make the money up to live in that prison. So I think it's a good concept. However, Inmates are not considered employees in the eyes of the law. Exactly. So this excludes them from protection provided by the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the Equal Pay Act, and just about every other yeah. labor law. Essentially. So prisons are able to lease prisoners below the state's minimum wage, and in some states they don't get paid at all. Right. Um, it's, up to the, it's up to the state prison system. And prisoners are also prohibited from uni unionizing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So it kind of sucks. I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, it's understandable if you're in prison and you're essentially paying rent by doing labor outside of the prison system. Like, you can, you can equate it to that sort of formula. But if it gets to the point where working conditions are, you know, brutal and, like, that kind of thing, where people start abusing the ability to use prisoners as a labor force, um, and there actually becomes, like, scenarios where unionizing is actually important. I think that's I think that's a problem is if, you know, these people are being abused and they're being overworked because I think you still need to be humane because people are people. Um, so I think 
not being able to unionize might be a problem. But regardless of that, um, there's a lot of people that support uh, the increase in uh, convict leasing and point to the benefits of on-the-job training and self-sustaining prison systems. Uh, but at the same time, Rice, the writer of the article, he condemns the return of convict leasing. And he he kind of he kind of takes it a little too far, at least I would say. So I'll quote him again. He says, agriculture has moved its focus from one labor source to another in response to the shifting currents of populism, nativism, and racism. So Rice essentially uses the statistic that the majority of Afri- or American prisoners are black to make the connection between convict leasing today and the evil and unjust exploitation of the labor laws uh, in the days of slavery, the black code. Co- black codes and the Jim Crow laws. Right. And I think we can both, uh, hopefully we can both kind of agree that that's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That was the point I was making is like, sure. Not being able to unionize, I think is the point where I see is kind of a problem, but at the end of the day, you're not a piece of property. You're not owned by another person. And it's not like you are like, it's against your will that you're having to work. Right. Like you committed a crime. You were put in jail for a reason. And this your is, rights are deprived. You t- all your rights go away. Exactly. You so committed a crime. You you your rights are taken away once you're in prison, right? Once you've committed this crime. So I think it is understandable, and I think it's honestly a good system. And at the end of the day, would you rather have you know this these prison systems have all these people in them, you know, using taxpayer dollars, using tons of money, millions of dollars a year, or would you rather have them instead of sitting around? Like actually doing something productive, you know, doing labor and like just benefiting the country. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my, my opinion is so I have to separate, it's kind of hard to separate, right? Because I'm kind of a more of a constitutionalist. So, constitutional standpoint, you are almost a slave of the state. You committed a crime, all your rights are depleted. The state can basically almost do whatever it wants to you. Now, of course, there are inhumane and unjust forms of punishment which are in the constitution and which frequently get brought up in court especially when it comes to the enacting the death penalty sure um that those kind of those kind of laws get brought up a lot am i against i'm not for unionizing and i am 100 percent not for giving convicts the right to vote because who are they what are they going to vote for they're going to vote for anything that makes their lot look better essentially and they're going to vote for basically any politician that is kind on the prison system i mean they have a they have a huge a huge finger in the pie i mean they they really do they're they would be incredibly biased to sure. vote one or another way so 100 percent not for them wise, voting right i don't think i'm for them using unionizing they don't maybe, have maybe not unionizing in the traditional sense but just some sort of way to appeal like basically to prevent like unjust like activity right and they do in, in they humane ha- treatment right and right? they do they have that there are stipulations in the Constitution which say you cannot be punished in. I'm I'm, I'm missing, I'm I'm missing like the wording. Some some sort of system that essentially allows them to appeal to like outside of whatever direct you know supervisor they have to be yeah. like these working conditions are. I think they I think they can because lawyers even when you go into prison lawyers still work with you. Sure. If you if new evidence has been brought up in your case you can work with lawyers. If you have been, I mean, abused in prison. You, there are still there are lawyers that'll there's certain laws and lawyers that will help you. You're not just you're not just on your own. And I would I'd hope I need to look at more of this 
So that's a burden on me. I need to look at more of this. Hopefully you're not just on your own. Because while you are essentially a slave to the state, I do believe that there is an intrinsic value in you as a yes, just exactly. a straight up person and you should not be getting abused. Exactly. So yeah, I hope there is a system and I there's a burden of truth on me. I'm gonna get back to you on that's that. That's the thing. It's like I the article kind of skirts over that because of course, you know, it has a slant towards right. this is slavery. Um, that's, Which, that was essentially his end point. Let's be honest, it is. Like I'm not, I'm not, but it's not slavery it's, in the in the traditional American sense, pre-Civil War slavery. Yes. If we're talking slavery as in the definition of you're essentially compelled compelled to work without compensation, yeah, work, work without compensation. Yeah, essentially. it's like, but you could also, also make the concept of well. You could spin this all day. Right. Yeah, um, you could. You really could. Yeah. No, not even really a point to get into it. But, yes, I, I do agree with you, what you're saying. But the idea that just because there's a lot of – there's an overwhelming – there's a majority of black people in the prison system, and therefore it's traditional slavery, like well, that's a th- pre-Civil like War they're, slavery. They're pointing it to, like, you know, yeah. essentially roots and racism. That seems to be a little bit of a jump to me. Yeah. So I thought I thought the article is interesting because it does point out like you know these the more strict anti-immigration policies are leading to a different nation and a different workforce, especially migrant workforces and low-income workforces, right? So how do you fill that void? Right. So it, it was it was interesting to see like how the you know the whole especially the agriculture industry is changing. And I think you have a choice to work or not. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's not just. If you don't work, we're going to beat you till you work. I yeah. don't think that – I'm pretty sure prisoners have the option to work or not. It looks good if you're trying to reduce your sentence. Exactly, yeah. Um, I, I, need to look, I need to look that up more. I need to be more yeah. familiar with that. No, I definitely so, need to as well. I think, But I think that's the case. I'm assuming that that's the case. I know would, what assumption does. We would hope does. that's the case. I yes. would hope that's the case. Assumption is bad, but yes, we would hope that's the case. And if it's not, then you know that's when you demand for this, this sort of system to be put in place. Right, and I'll get, I wanna, I'm going to put the burden of truth on myself, and I'll get back to everyone on Thursday about that. Cool. I'll put a, just a short little summary of yeah. our findings. As, I'd like to know long, more about this. As long as this isn't like Holes, you know? Remember the movie Holes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, they're yeah. just like, wake up, dig this hole all day, go to bed, wake up again. Well, he had a <laughs> choice, though, holes. right? Did so he? he made that choice. So it was the choice was between hard labor and going to jail for a long period of time. Oh, was that so it? So there was a choice. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty okay. sure there was a choice in the movie. I don't remember the whole concept. I just yeah. remember Shia, I'm Shia pretty LaBeouf sure and the lizards. And the lizards. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the that was the choice that he made. Okay. Well there so. you go. So what is that is that is that all you got for this? Yeah. This I just puppy? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Uh just looking at, you know, the workforce and yeah, how I've definitely changing. I've definitely heard that argument before. The argument that there's a lot of black people in prison, therefore racism and discrimination. Okay, so first you're gonna have to prove to me that these African American people aren't just committing crimes. So I don't believe and I don't think there's any statistical evidence to say, you know, there's just some African Americans walking down the street and a cop car pulls up and just grabs them and throws them in jail. Like you'll you'll have to find me that. We hope that doesn't happen. I I don't think it does. I would be very surprised if that happened. I I don't. I'm saying right now that I don't believe it does. Yeah. I I really don't believe that. I think they're committing crimes. If you would like to, if you'd like to argue the legitimacy of our penal code and the crimes and our punishment, let's do that. But don't just say. They committed basically. They committed crimes. 
there's a majority of them in jail, therefore discrimination? No, they committed yeah, a crime. That's what I'm saying. So that, let's that, be clear. that whole claim is very far fetched. I think it's incredibly far fetched. Far fetched. So moving moving on for that from that and kind of wrapping up our politics session for today. According to CBS News, after the span of shootings in this is um, a Walmart in New Mexico. Walmart, this is exclusively in New Mexico, has stopped selling guns and you can no longer bring guns into stores. And this has basically been a reaction to the New Mexico law saying, wanting deeper background checks, essentially, and Walmart stating that it, can, it can't provide that. So in a statement they say, New Mexico's new firearm law would require Walmart stores in New Mexico to conduct background checks for private party transfers, which our stores are not designed to do to do to the safety risk to our associates and our con- and our consumers. Tiffany Wilson, director of communication at Walmart, said in a statement. The company has decided to surrender its federal firearms license and will no longer sell firearms in our New Mexico stores. Wow. So interesting. So here's your here's your they're doing something from our well, from they're our not last. doing something. Well they're not selling guns anymore. Yes, because the law is putting them in a corner. Well, they could do so the essentially background this, checks. I know. But at the end of the day, this is the government being like, at least the New Mexico government, being like, hey, we have this new law, and it's going to push them into a corner where are we going to spend a ton of money putting these new systems in place if it's even po- It might right. not even be logistically possible. So this might be their only option. And that's why it's only happening in these New Mexico stores. Because right. if they actually were trying to – you know, show that they were doing something productive. They do this in Texas, where all the shooting, all these recent shootings have been happening. So, second point: Will this? Does this actually work? And my answer to this is two pronged. One, no, because all of these shooters that this has happened, background checks really wouldn't have stopped. Like, especially the guy that that had just happened, he had misdemeanor offenses back in like 2001. And then, like a parking or a traffic violation in 2018. Yeah, we talked I'm about not, this. Yeah, last, we talked about we talked this. this last podcast. And I'm like, I'm the, not about to just the, the take concept, away the concept of like not the concept of stricter background checks doesn't really apply that often. No, but, it really doesn't. No. So I th- I think it's almost a, no, and I will admit that. But yeah. still, even just doing it in the first place, I mean, I I I said my whole opinion right. last time, but. Like, just the whole thing of, like, we're just going to put these in place maybe that one time it works. Right. And so my then my point is, does that infringe on the Second Amendment is my thing. Like, does that infringe on the right to bear arms? So that's what well, I, that's what I have to Does the right to sell arms have anything to do with bearing arms? Does, no, it's not about – what do you mean? It's not about the sales. It's about doing background checks on individuals. I'm confused. Oh. Well, you only do background checks on them if they're purchasing. Right. So I, I'm, I'm – can, You can own a gun. You just right. have to have a hard time buying one. Right, but does that infringe on the Second Amendment? I guess saying I guess I would have to look directly right to at the arms. writing of the Second Amendment. Yeah, but even if it, if we had the right to bear arms, but no, there was no gun stores in the entire United States. Well, that's infringing. You could still you could still own a gun. No, that's you infringing just can't, on you. Just can't buy any. That's infringing on the Second Amendment. You should have a right to bear arms. You do. No, there's no. This is, this is like this is a this is guns. a thought experiment. This yeah, is yeah, not yeah. a realistic U.S. But I'm saying it's not like the government is saying nobody can sell guns. I'm saying like gun stores just don't exist. Well, wouldn't that also be like free speech? Except the government isn't going to allow any public forum, but you can say whatever you want. 
No, because the government's not doing. I'm just saying. No, well, the, the government concept, would be doing the it. concept of like the only guns you can own are the ones you already have. The only guns you can own are the guns you. That would be an infringement on the Second Amendment, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, that's the thing. I'd have to look at the Second Amendment and see if it actually details your ability to purchase them or obtain them. Because maybe you could have it passed down familiarly, or your buddy makes guns and gives you a gun. But if there's, you know, no stores that actually sell guns, then is that a violation of the Second so, Amendment? So, Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And this is affirmed in a Supreme Court case uh, in 2008, District of Columbia v. Heller. The Supreme Court held that the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to possess a firearm unconnected with the service in a militia and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home. Yeah. So if let's said, so here's the said, deal. Here's the deal. You said so we'll bring this back to just having but firearms. But you said bear and retain, right? right, or something like that. So we'll bring that this, has nothing to do with purchasing. We'll bring the Supreme Court back to. So let's one thing. If so, let's say we went down your route, which is you're only allowed to have the guns that you currently have, and another family wanted to have a gun for self protection in the home, constitutionally and by what the Supreme Court has said, if. The government keeps the homeowner from owning a gun. That's unconstitutional. That's what I just said. The government right. has nothing to do with it. Well, the government has everything to do with it because the government should be enforcing the Constitution. So, the gov- yes, the government does have something to do with it. But the government doesn't have to enforce anything. They're just saying we cannot, like, you know, we can't persecute you for owning a weapon. It's not, but it's not just saying that. It's not just saying that. It's saying you have a right to those weapons. It's not just it's not just saying you have a gun. The government doesn't say you have right to access to weapons. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, keep and bear. Keep and bear. Bear means have. Bear means to hold. Okay. Bear means to own. Okay, you have the right to ha- have a gun. Good right. job. Right, so if I want to go mean... out and buy a gun, that is bearing arms. If the government stops what me from doing that, about? we can even look into 2008 in the 8 court case. What's the definition it's... of bear? What's the definition of bear back probably in the traditional sense would be to have, to own. I'd have to look at the semantics. Okay, you have a right to own a gun. Doesn't mean that the government has to go out of its way to let you purchase them. The government should, A, have no skin in this game. It is there to enforce the Constitution. If I would like to buy a gun in order in the 2008 case, which says that you can have the gun traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home – if I want that gun for traditional, lawful self-defense in the home, and the government bars me from getting it, that is an infringement. I just said the government's not barring you, though. Well, it's keeping me from buying a gun. What do you mean it's not bar- barring me? What do, you, what do you mean? I'm saying the whole concept of the, go- it's, the government's not involved. I'm saying the concept Why of, is the government not involved? Because I'm talking about private business. Oh, so, okay. So, you're, okay, so I, I was a little confused. You're saying that all private guns in the entire United States decide one day to not sell weapons. Yes. Then, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Right. So, but if, yeah, that's fine, which seems strange. But, sure, I guess in that strange thought experiment, yeah. I don't even know why I brought it up now. Yeah, that seems. It's been a long time of me trying to explain. But I don't know. Now I'm kind of curious. I have to think about this more. But uh, can't, does the government, like, I mean, they can't prevent you from owning a gun. Exactly. But can they prevent you from buying one? Well, you. Well, what's the difference between preventing from owning and preventing from buying? 
because if you owning and buying is not the same thing. Well, I would like to go own a gun. Okay. Okay. Have fun with that. Why can't I go own a gun? You can own one. You just can't buy one. Why can't I buy one? It's the same. It's, it's not the same. The, I still don't the, think it's, it's the same It's one concept. and the same. And plus, the law never says anything about buying. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's not included in the law. But there's a right to own. Sure. So if the government keeps me from owning, that's an infringement. But they're not preventing you from owning. What do you mean they're not preventing me from owning? If they're the just preventing you from purchasing. That's, the, that's literally the same thing. We're just all right. All right. This argument is maybe, quickly maybe just I'm getting thinking into, it about the weird way. We're getting definitely it, off no, on no, a tangent. No, it's, it's not that. It's not we're getting off on a tangent. We are. It seems to be you're having you're having some issues with semantics, and that's just it's not my it's my little my little thought experiment of like how can the government weasel around the Second Amendment? As, I think we're starting. I think you're is. starting to argue semantics, and that's usually when I try to move on from arguments i don't like uh, arguing semantics okay so if we're gonna Next start time you bring up semantics in one of my arguments i will yeah I'll, i will do yeah 100 percent. do it 100 percent. because i i don't like i don't like arguing and semant- if to make myself clear arguments arguing semantics is arguing the definition of words oh yeah that's that's the, the arguing day, like, of yeah of that's semantics. why I, what do you mean by bear <laughs> yeah what do you mean by that i'm like hold on like we can look back and hopefully try and find other relevant documents as to what the founders meant, but then you can just be like, oh, well, what did the founders mean by bear? Well, yeah. what's the origin of the word? Oh, come, like, come on. All right. <laughs> if we can't agree on a common language, there's no point then in having an argument. you can't agree on anything. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that, that's, a little, that's actually a very useful little segue into – I think there's a bunch of instances I tend to stop arguments. Semantics is definitely one of them because you can just go down – Good to know. A rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, I totally just got in my head about it, and I was like, "What if this word meant something, something different?" Else. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, we can, and we can that's, argue. Why, that's why I brought it up, and I was and just I think, being the devil's advocate. Right yeah, there. and I think arguing the definitions of words, especially how they relate to the past, can be useful. But there needs to be like a point which we both say, "All right, this well, might be getting." I was totally hand. just being a devil's advocate yeah, and, yeah. and just pushing it. Right, to see and it totally because I, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you pushed it because now we can both see like where it leads. Yeah. Which is to basically nowhere. No. There's no what that means. There's no what it means. No. <laughs> what the You're ancient wrong. Greeks the ancient Greeks meant something different. Well the ancient <laughs> the Greeks. prefix is obviously Latin. <laughs> prefix is obviously Latin. Alright, so m- moving on from, from that. What do you got All for right. us? So we're so we're moving more to pop culture. I have another entertainment uh entertainment related piece. It's a little politically related as well. Um so I'm talking about Dave Chappelle. He just released a new comedy special on Netflix called Sticks and Stones. It came out on August 26th, so it's it's still very young. Pretty fresh. And it's triggered about half the planet. I enjoy it. Yes. Have you seen it? I've seen parts of it. Okay. I was about to say it's and I've I've only seen clips of it too. Right. I've watched a bunch of clips of it. I haven't I need to sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah, I agree. Um but everyone knows that Dave Chappelle is why he's just very well known for his extremely controversial and politically incorrect attitude and that approach to comedy and once again that's what he's done essentially um is he just uses the shock value of saying things that nobody else is willing to say or to that you're get not laughs supposed to say and make you think yeah right uh, that's what, that's what comedy should be exactly right. yeah yeah so it's an hour-long stand-up, and during the routine, he jokes about everything from pop culture, the media, you know, normal stuff, to the more racy stuff of, like, abortion, the LGBTQ community, and even the Michael Jackson victims. 
So Ooh, he touches watch he touches on some stuff you probably should not make fun of. Um, and because of this, just all over social media, all over like the critical reviews, everything, he's just absolutely ratted on for this stand-up piece. Um, but that's to be expected because I'll give the example of the Michael Jackson victims. If you make fun of being molested by Michael Jackson, the victim of a molestation of my, by Michael Jackson is not going to be happy with you because that is an extremely traumatic event. And uh, yeah, it's, people are going to be upset. I don't know. It brings up, it brings up something. It brings up interesting. I have to see what it exactly, what exactly he says, but I'm usually, I'm not going to requote it, but it's, yeah. it's pretty messed up. I'm usually on the side of, comedians to say whatever the hell they please well exactly that's yeah. the thing he can say whatever he pleases but yeah i mean people are gonna be mad of course and people can people have the yeah definitely people have the right to get mad all they want but they should never and i do have a problem they should never be telling people what not to talk about exactly if dave if dave Chappelle wants to hit the most controversial subjects in the world he has every right to do that exactly right. and i mean that's that's almost that's part of his comedy yeah, like he uses and that's like, what comedy should be it should cross the boundary sometimes yeah well that's the thing is it's like whatever type of comedy you're into right some people are really into comedy of just dark comedy that should not be talked about if but there, it is if there are things that in this society we're not allowed to talk about or can't talk about that's a huge problem exactly that's how you know that that issue might have gone a little too far. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is like while a ton of people, like just thousands and thousands of people, are just ratting on him right now and just you know degrading him, calling him like transphobic, calling him yeah, homophobic, course. calling him a racist, calling him a white supremacist. I've ah, seen that white supremacist. Yeah, so um, just just about every insult you could throw at him, he's been called that. Um, but that's that's part of his comedy, right? And I think at the end of the day, um, there were two articles I found on. Uh, Breitbart and the Daily Dot that really like encased like what I believe was his whole goal and the whole theme and they explained it super well and it's using this extremely abrasive comedy using this extremely racy topics to push language to its absolute limits right like what can and what can't you talk about and then taking what you can't talk about and just going full force right and using this and I'll quote unfettered artistic expression because it's essentially, you know, artistic expression without any caution to the winds to force people to question their own perspectives and biases, right? And there's a bunch of examples of this where he uses like these really messed up jokes. And once again, I'll bring it back to Michael Jackson. Um, I mean, you can interpret that joke however you want. You can interpret it as a direct insult to the victims. You can interpret it as anything. But um, the way that the writer at the Daily Dot explained that joke is he's making a joke to point out the issues behind even a, like when a grown man, even with overwhelming evidence that they've been sexually abused, if it's a grown man, they tend not to believe him, right? And just concepts like that. Well, like whether you agree with it or not, just being able to like, you know, change people's perspectives and make them think about stuff. Yeah. And it's like, why did I find this funny, but also like cringy? And like, even why do I feel guilty about it? Yeah. yeah. Like, why do I feel these emotions about the stuff this why guy's saying? Why do I feel this way? I know. It's crazy, right? So I just thought everyone should go watch it, even if you get super offended, even if it makes you really angry. I think think about why it makes you angry. Right. And yeah. think about like, why is it true? Is it not true? Like, why do you react to the way he talks about stuff? Yeah, are we taking Cause that's that's the whole point? You're supposed to yeah. you're supposed to be reflective and you're supposed to be like, why do I feel this emotion when he is like essentially attacks my identity or something like that? You right. know? And maybe 
if you're getting super offended and want to shut Dave Chappelle of all people up, maybe you're taking those issues a little too seriously. I yeah. mean, maybe. I mean, some of this stuff is understandable. He does cross the line a lot. But, I mean, yeah, at the same time, like, at the end of the day, it's comedy. At the end of the day, it's a guy on stage just saying whatever the heck he wants. Exactly. And he just has a really big platform to say it. But you so. forget, words are violence. That's true. You forgot about that. Words are words are big, scary, dude. Big, scary. <laughs> words are big, scary. <laughs> the, right, the right to bear arms. Bear? bear? There's a bear? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but that's that, everyone should go watch it. I uh, just wanted to give a little shout-out for that because I, I think it's actually really interesting. It's yeah, cool I'm definitely. I'm definitely gonna go watch it. There I've definitely go. heard, I've I've seen his stand up on Jesse Smollett. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's no, really he's, funny. He's got a ton. He's got a ton of Netflix specials. I mean, yeah. he had his own show on Comedy Central. Like he's he's a veteran comic. Yeah, so he's so got a lot of good stuff. I I like that he's poking fun at political, uh, more political and controversial topics. I like it. I yeah, it's good. I agree. Because not a lot of comedians nowadays are willing to do that. Exactly. Well, that's what makes him stand out. Yeah. Is like, and that actually, that's one of, I didn't actually mention this, uh, but one article that was like ratting on him and like saying how terrible the, the comedy special was, was like, he made no Trump jokes, none. Oh, and then oh in, no. in, in an interview, it was like, they, it was like, they talked about an interview they did after the show with him and the interviewer asked, asked him, he's like, what are you going to do if Trump gets reelected? And then. <laughs> And Dave Chappelle's thoughts, I'm going to have a really big tax break. I'm going to have a big tax break. That's funny. And it's just like, this guy just doesn't care. You can turn on any late night television show and find hundreds of Trump jokes. I know. There well, is no shortage in America like, for Trump jokes. Yeah, and that's a great point you brought up is like he's standing out because he's doing something different. And he's making fun of stuff that other people won't. And he's right. not making fun of stuff that all the other people have already covered. Yeah, I mean, my God, just turn on the Stephen Colbert show. I I am I am partial to Stephen Colbert because he went to my school for two years. Oh no so, way! He did. He went to Hampton City for two years. That's cool. But I am not a fan of Stephen Colbert politically. <laughs> I am not his biggest fan. Oh no! He is a mouthpiece of the left, in yeah. my opinion. I think he's just a talking mouthpiece. Hey, he has his show. He can do what he wants. Which man. is why I like Conan O'Brien. He is my favorite late night talk show. Oh was, really? Yeah, because he tends to be like the least political. He might poke fun at uh, it sometimes, but he won't have monologues yeah. where he shits on politicians, right or left. Sure. So I'm a I'm a big favor of Stephen Co- of um Conan O'Brien. Yeah, there you go. I think he's a quality dude. Nice and, and tall. nice That's and cool. neutral. Yeah, nice and neutral. I think he's <laughs> nice and neutral, and I like it, and I like it. So moving on from that, according to USA Today, we're gonna in an article titled "Picky Teen Goes Blind After Diet of Only Fries and Chips." Nice. He goes blind. Blind. Probably because he's only eating potatoes, dude. A British teen who doctors describe as a fussy eater, yeah, oh, that no. might be a not extreme enough, was partially blinded because of his diet, which consisted of nothing but fries, chips, and occasional slice of ham. Oh, my God. An occasional <laughs> slice of ham. Once a month, he's like, all right. <laughs> I'm going to splurge and have ham. Jeez. The case was reported Tuesday in the peer-reviewed Article the Internal Medicine, the flagship journal of the American College of Physicians, and described how the boy had been treated for health problems related to his poor eating habits since he was 14. And I quote, His diet was essentially a portion of chips from the local fish and chips shop every day. He also used to snack on crisps, which Pringles, and sometimes slices of white bread and occasional slices of ham, 
and not really any fruit or vegetables, Dr. Atten says, who treated him at the hospital. He, this is him telling the BBC. And this is all according to USA Today. So they tried to make him take supplements because obviously a diet consisting of fish and chips, more chips. Well, not even fish, just chips. <laughs> chips and chips. <laughs> chips and chips. The occasional slice of ham and white bread leaves out many core core nutrients <laughs> oh man <laughs> that i don't even need to go into the list i at think this everyone moment. knows i yeah. think everyone knows i don't need to bore you with the list of ingredients you are you are missing so when he was 15 well first they tried to make him take supplements he refused essentially when he was 15 he started experiencing hearing loss jeez 15 years old 15 but mris showed no structural problems vision problems followed soon after the case study reports over the next two years, he progressively lost vision and told the BBC that he met the criteria for registering as blind. Oh my gosh. She said that he had blind spots in the middle of his vision, making it hard to drive, read, recognize faces or watch TV, but his peripheral vision was still inact. According to the case study, the boy had nutritional optic neuropathy, the condition for his vision lost and avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, the condition for his Fussy diet. Yeah, fussy. Avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a thing. What does that even mean? You just... Like, you're, I guess your your body, like, as a system just gets, like, No, it's not your to- body. You just straight up don't want to eat any other food. I don't think it has anything to do with your body. Really? It's, it really, you're, it's in your head. Yeah, well, it's... I mean, it's 100% in your head. Okay. So, I, mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just, like, your body just gets so used to eating a certain type of food... That, like, if you eat anything else, your body's like, what the heck is this? Oh, I'm sure the body is also like, what the heck is this? Because I, I that's haven't what I was seen saying. it in years. That's what I was saying. Like, yeah. it gets it gets stuck on such a hard path that even taking supplements, your body's like, gross. <laughs> gross. This is not chips. <laughs> These are not crisps. <laughs> I must have crisps. <laughs> but can you – first off, I'd like to say, where the hell are his parents? Um, Probably eating chips, too. If my kid – all right, first off. No, just no. <laughs> There's no way my kid's diet will consist of this. No way. He will be going to, some, I, I don't some know. Some slack parents, man. I, I really, do. I will, mm, I, mean, I will it, force it also, this child. I mean, of course, it all, I think it also really does rely on the parents, right? Like, oh, it depends 100%. on what you grow up around, right? And so, I wonder what his, what their diets are. That's what, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you grow up around you know, eating potato chips all the time or, you know, eating junk food left and right and eating candy. Like, I mean, it's okay to have in moderation. It's okay to have on like Easter and Halloween and stuff like that. But if your parents are constantly snacking on junk food, guess what you're going to do when you grow up? Junk food. Snack on junk food. And this actually, according to this article, has nothing to do about his height or weight. He says his height and weight is perfectly fine. He wasn't using drugs or alcohol. But, of course, he had huge levels of deficiency, B12 deficiencies, low yep. level of copper, selenium, vitamin D, high level of zinc levels, too, and low bone density. I believe He probably it. had super high sodium levels. Yeah. Oh, of course. Are you I kidding mean, me? Sodium can be pretty terrible if that's all you're eating. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all he was eating. That's all he was eating. sodium. Wow. I mean, God. My, my kid will – there's no way. Yeah, dude. There's no way my kid's doing that. Yeah, I, I feel I can feel you, bad for him, man. Can you imagine what his teeth is his teeth are probably like when he has to go to the dentist? Hey, maybe he brushes like twelve times a day. Maybe I, that, maybe I mean he's already pretty weird for only being able to eat potatoes, so God, I wouldn't put it past him. 
well, you know, I, I hope the kid gets better. Hey, and that's right. Honestly, yeah, now that he's in the hospital for it, and now that he can't see anything, maybe yeah. he's like, hmm, <laughs> maybe I should eat vegetables Maybe sometimes. I should eat something. <laughs> maybe I should uh, try broccoli. Even if it's to get him to take more supplements. Yeah, even just supplements. I mean, supplements will do a little bit. Something? Yeah. My God. Hearing loss? That's crazy. Vision loss? Well, I didn't even think that could happen. I didn't think that could happen either. All right. I know it can, like, damage your... I know eating disorders, like not eating enough, can damage your liver. Sure. And other and other things. But his height and weight were perfectly fine. That's, it's that's just, interesting. It, it has to do exactly with the minerals that he wasn't the taking. Yeah, it wasn't... Like, especially, like, I know B12. Like, if you don't have B12 in your body, that's bad news. Yeah. So, that's just – I love the occasional slice of ham. <laughs> like that, Every once in a while. Like, he – like, the doctor probably asked, oh, son, what do you – How frequently do you eat No, no, he probably just meat. asked, what's your, what's your diet? And he was like, oh, well, I eat fish and chips – or not, just chips, crisps. And as the doctor was like – narrowing his eyes and he's like anything and he's else it's like, like bread uh, oh and and ham the ham and ham like, everyone's how around. often do you eat this ham <laughs> occasionally sometimes all right well less lesson learned ladies and gentlemen if you uh don't want your kid to go blind uh eat eat some vegetables in front of them blind. so they so they learn to do that how, too. Are you, how are you that ignorant as a parent how i don't know <laughs> that's the missing part of the story he's going Where deaf the and parents? blind I know. Deaf and blind. That's scary. Oh my god. Fourteen years old. Man, I'm I'm not gonna be able to get over this one for a while. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm really not. That's I, just I'm furious. And this this is why kids should not be allowed to make huge life decisions. I mean, they are Okay, says the guy that kids should be able to get inheritance money before they're twenty five. Oh well, that's that's totally different. And uh, we're gonna talk what? about what? hold on. There's different. There's different age ranges. Like let's be honest, a 14 year old interacts with the world way differently than an 18 year old. It, come on, are you really gonna make that argument, dude? With me have right you now? seen some college kid diets? I'm not, bro. Are you? All right, fine. <laughs> hold on. If we're gonna use hold diet on. as a sign of maturity, <laughs> I, diet should not be the only thing we use as a sign of maturity. Fair I'm enough. Fair enough. I'm fair enough. You. But you can't tell me there isn't a huge difference between a 14 year old and 18 year old. Yes, there is a difference. And there's also a huge difference. 14 and like a 20 year old so yes there's a difference that's why 14 year olds need parents i just i just like th- i just love the concept of like your eating habits are a direct sign of your maturity that would be strange like wh- what if our society was like that that would not be it's fun. like timmy finally started eating vegetables he's a man now, he's a man now. <laughs> and back to your point yes i am pissed because i've heard it before this idea that you can't give children like inheritance oh, money until you're 25. Let me tell you what. I could be married, having kids, and then my moved out, have my own place, and then my parents are like, well, Nate, now I think you're mature enough. No, sc- screw you. Like, are you serious right now? Now hey, I'm mature enough. It's 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 your opinion. Uh, it's your opinion. I would be I've heard other opinions, but I, I would think, be about livid. It, think about it. Once you turn 25, you just said, like, you're right, you're on your own, you're married, you have kids already. And then that inheritance comes in. That's probably when you need it the most, bro. I could be, I could be married, getting ready to have a kid, living on my own right now. That's and when I'm not you, 25. Yeah, because there's kids my age that have done that at like 20, 21. Okay. And then by the time 25 rolls around, you get your inheritance. Oh You're my like, god! Hell yes, I could pay for their college. No, it's much more about. It's not about the the money and the, what you're about to do with the money. It's about holding it back. That's what it's about. Yeah. If your inheritance money is directly 
coming for you, what gives your parents the right to hold that back from you? I understand I mean, the whole they claim. Did give birth to you and raise you, so no, but they do not have the right. You're also well wh- to be what, withholding. Are you saying, so you're saying what? Eighteen. I believe eighteen is a hundred percent. Everything kind of before eighteen, I believe your parents have a right to hold, and not spend. They can invest it. They cannot spend it. This is why a lot of parents actually get sued when their kids, like I think Justin Bieber. Oh yeah, like when they have money, sued his parents because his parents spent it. Yeah, you have every right to sue your parents. Your parents should be holding that. When you turn eighteen, that's it. That money is yours. Same that's thing true. You with are, inheritance. You are a legal citizen at that. Yeah, time. same thing with inheritance. So yeah, to- totally random. Yeah, totally, totally random, random debate. Totally random. Sorry about that. You don't have to apologize. I'm educating the people. <laughs> oh, great. Education. So moving on from that, we've got to talk quickly about Hurricane Dorian, which is was coming in hot. And now it's coming in slowly. I've heard about that. Yeah. So I think it was a Cat 4, Cat 5. Yeah, it was Category 5. They declared it Category 5 at one point. And then it just, I don't know, pounded the Bahamas I know. into almost utter annihilation. Yeah. And it's like a Cat 2 now. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, that that just, it's amazing how much of a blow the Bahamas took and to I heard, slow down of a hurricane that big. I heard the hurricane was only moving at like one mile an hour. One yeah, two miles an hour, yeah. which means it was sitting over the Bahamas for a very just long destroying. time. Destroying. I can't even imagine being in that situation. So, according to Fox, after battering the Bahamas for more than a day and a half, Hurricane Dorian finally began to move away from the islands on Tuesday as the scope of the devastation began to emerge. The National Hurricane Center said that at 6 p.m. Eastern, the storm continued to produce maximum sustained winds of 110 miles an hour and life-threatening storm surge. The storm was located about 125 miles off Melbourne, Florida, inching toward at 6 miles per hour northwest. That's really slow. That's mm-hmm. teeny. Yeah. And official numbers say right now, these numbers will probably grow, that it's caused about five deaths officially. Yeah. I'm or, sure I'm it'll sure, be more. I'm sure it'll grow. But it looks like it's not going to hit Florida. It's going to skirt right up the East Coast, mm-hmm. slow down essentially, and – I don't know. Maybe we'll just get some storms. Let's hope so. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be anything, but anything also, too bad. But also, at the same Cat time, two. as a good humanitarian, you should donate to the American Red Cross and other organizations that are going to help the Bahamas. And as a good citizen, don't run out and buy all the peanut butter on the shelves. Like, oh, you're not yeah. going to. Speaking of that, <laughs> all the people that freak out, yeah, even please. though we, even though we live four hours away from the ocean, they think we're going to all die, so they need to hoard all the water and bread in their house. When does that ever? Happened. That I don't you get need it. It happens. Much. It happens when it snows in North Carolina too. Yeah, I don't it know does. why. It does. Everyone you, freaks out. You can drive. Out. Like you can. You can drive. This is not. You get a light dusting on the. Ro- I remember we hey, were in high school. That, it's that southern feel, dude. It's, yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's just all the, all the good old good old southern boys and girls down here. It rains hard. That are just like the oh highway. God. The highway crawls to like thirty miles an hour. Hey, people just being safe, man, you know? You remember you remember being in high school when you'd get a dusting. Like, like an inch of snow, and, and you're school's like, canceled. school's canceled. That's it, we, we can't, can't do, do it. it. <laughs> just a state of emergency gets declared. The National Guard is deployed. <laughs> <laughs> They're out sweeping the streets. <laughs> it's all melted by, like, 1 o'clock. I know. Oh, my God. That was the best. Hey, safety first, dude. The kids get a day off. Everyone's happy. God, I, I remember. Teachers I, get a day off. God, didn't you love just waking up? And you'll hear the the voicemail, and it'll be like, "This is your principal, so and so, stating that." And then you're like, "Yeah." You're like, "Ah, snow day." Yeah. Oh, that was great. We missed. I think 
it was our junior year of high school that we missed almost like a week of school. Yeah, there was a nice little break there. That was really nice. Yeah. That was really nice. Well, that's nice. the crazy thing, though, is I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and, like, we could have, like, a foot of snow on the ground, and you'd be sitting by the phone waiting for that call, and it would never come. <laughs> it would never come. <laughs> and you'd have to get on the bus anyway. Yeah, get your butt to school. Because <laughs> they, had, they had snow plows up yeah, there, it turned... and they did not care. Well, we don't even need snow plows down here. I mean, come on. Oh, no, we don't. All we need is, like, like you said, a broom. A guy with a broom. A sweep, sweep the street. Oh, my God. Well, that, that wraps up our podcast for tonight. Just a quick reminders and some quick updates on us. Hopefully, by the end of this week, I'll be dropping a website. Whoa. So, get big news. Big news. Get hyped for that. If you're listening on iTunes, remember to drop us a, a review. That would be wonderful, good yeah. or bad. If you hate it, give us five stars. If you like it, give us five stars. That'd be really nice. Yeah, and we also we also additionally, I don't know if we've actually said this in a podcast before, but we really appreciate feedback. Oh, percent. So we've got we, a lot of people that have gotten back to us. Yeah, and we, we really appreciate. This even thing. it doesn't have to be publicly on the Facebook page. You can direct message us on Facebook. It'll be a private message. You can, if you have one of our phone numbers or contacts, you can totally reach out to us. Um, but we actually really appreciate constructive and deconstructive feedback, mostly constructive feedback. Um, but hey, yeah. we're small enough that that stuff really matters. Exactly, that and that's the really thing. Is it's and like, we'll actually take the effort to respond because we're small enough. Of course, yeah, and so. that's the thing is like we actually we want to know how we can get better. We want to know what we need to improve on. I think that's also a very important part of getting better at something is getting some good old feedback. Yeah, good but old yeah, feedback goes to long the people way. that have already given us feedback. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Thank um, you, those people. And yeah, uh, Nate, what, what's your sponsor for today? Oh God, what's my sponsor for today? Uh, uh, dude, today has just been. It's been, I've been running around all over the place, man. I mean, I don't, went straight from work to working out. Wow. Figured I can't squat anymore. Well, I'm just going to have to cut off my right leg. I mean, you won't be able to squat if you don't have a right <laughs> leg. So <laughs> either way, it's not happening, dude. Yeah. So I pulled my glute a while back and that hasn't gotten better. I should take an ice bath. Now yeah. Maybe. And stretch and stuff. Yeah. You just need to start stretching, dude. Yeah. I'm doing better. I'm going to say it every more. episode. PSA people stretch. All right. I'm going to do more. That's how you have, avoid a lot of injuries. I've committed that I'm going to do more mobility now. You need to do like five minutes a day. That's yeah. all I'm I gonna, do. I literally do like, like five minutes a day and I'm, I'm gonna good. I'm going to stick to like 15. I'm trying to stick to like 15. Like what, what our friend said, 15 minutes for every like hour of workout. I mean, that's hard to sustain, especially over the long term. But if you can do it, good for you. Yeah, if you can do it, good for you. God, what is my what has my sponsor been for today, dude? I don't know. You know, I might have to pass it off to you. I might have to think about that. All right. No do you worries. got something for me? What do yeah. you got while I think? Dude, I got a super dope sponsor. Oh, I, I feel like I totally i have already used this in a previous episode. I might have. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's Mellow Mushroom Tuesday. Oh, my God. $5 pizzas. <laughs> Did you they, go there today? Yeah, dude. Nice. It's a, it's a lunch spot. You go there for lunch. You get a $5 pizza. It's only one toppings. So that's why you get two pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only five bucks, dude. It's great. And smell a mushroom. Mellow mushroom's How awesome. How much time do you get off for lunch? Uh, it's not tracked. Damn. Yeah. Usually it's an hour. What? Sometimes a little more. Oh my god. Hey man, tech world baby. Oh my god. I'm not gonna. Oh, so my my sponsor is my 14 year old border collie, who oh, makes yeah. sure makes sure that I get up in the morning. By essentially coming into my room, it's pretty consistently two or three o'clock in the morning, and panting in my face until I wake up. So she's she's wholesome. my she's my sponsor, and then I get mad at her, of course, and kick her out of my room, 
in which case she pants at the door <laughs> so I can still hear her. <laughs> so, yes. My dog, Pogo, helping me get up for work every yep. day. I'll the wake be- up angry. The best the best sponsor there is. The best sponsor that she is my own personal alarm clock that wakes me up two to three hours before I need to actually <laughs> wake up. Perfect. <laughs> oh, works like a charm. Works like a charm. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Alarm clock if you're already up. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, supporting us. Support the arts. Support hashtag support the arts. <laughs> support, support the small arts. <laughs> support the small arts. And uh, everybody have have a good have a good day and week and keep it classy. We gotta we gotta focus on these closing. Ring a ding ding. <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs>